Are you sick and tired of your apartment or home looking like a mess and not able to have friends over? Well, listen to today's episode because we'll help you tackle that without getting overwhelmed. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to this week's episode of Adulting. I am here with Harlan Landis. How you doing, Miranda? I'm doing okay. Doing great now that I'm sitting here with you. We're recording this one together in the same room, which is something that only happens a couple times a year. Yeah, it's good to get together and do this in person. I think it uh, it gives the episodes uh, a little bit of fun. So I'm excited about that. So let's go ahead and get started. Now, I'm here. I have come to your home to... To sit in here. Is it presentable? It is presentable. And that's the beautiful thing. It is presentable. There's a little bit of clutter around the edges, but you've pushed it all to the side. I do have a lot of, like, we we run the Plutus Awards. (laughs) And so the trophies that go uncollected for the Plutus Awards every year somehow make their way to my dining room, as it were. Maybe I'll have a nice display case for all the Plutus Awards that I didn't win, but were uncollected by other people but that's for that's for something else but yeah so we've got I've, I've got a little clutter here and there but it's presentable i can have people over i feel confident about people coming into my place and calling as it were to call that calling yes, but yeah. but but yeah how about you how do things look at your home um yep they are clean and um and i actually have a house instead of an apartment so there are places in my house that are very cluttered <laughs> But they are not places where people go. So the front uh-huh. room is always very presentable, always very decluttered, uh, plenty of places to sit for people to come in. The kitchen is always clean and presentable. The dining area is always clean and presentable. And then I try and keep the uh, downstairs, um, like, I guess, family room, great room, whatever you want to call it, clean and presentable as well, so that when my son's friends come over, they have a place to go downstairs away from me that they are comfortable in. So... When you're young and you're living with your parents, they tell you to clean your room, and that's how you know when it's time to declutter, because you're told to do it. Now you're living on your own, and you're not told to do anything, and I know, you know, my first few years living alone, it was like, well, I there's no, there's no reason for me to go to the extra effort to clean and stay organized, you know, other than eliminating absolute filth, of course, but... You know, just staying organized and presentable wasn't uh, a major goal for me until I kind of came to the point where I realized, well, I kind of have to, you know, it'd be nice to have people over and I can do that now. So that's one good reason that people should think about keeping their living space a little less cluttered and you just might have people over. Yeah, for sure. But there are also other reasons that have more to do with the way you live your daily life as well. I find that uh, I have to declutter my workspace, my home office quite a lot because I start, it, when it starts piling up, I actually start getting really distracted by it. And it also makes me really anxious. And so when that starts happening, I know that I've sort of 
you're kind of comfortable and you kind of just put stuff here and put stuff there. And pretty soon you're just kind of like, well, whatever. And then you look around and you may have become comfortable with the area, but there's something a little off about it. And that's kind of how my home office gets. And so then I have to clear it all out and try to, you know, make it work better and how I do that is by getting rid of stuff, decluttering, and, and it kind of helps me feel less distracted by the mess and less anxious about it. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned getting anxious. I think uh, I think a source of anxiety for a lot of people is this idea that you are existing in a space where you don't have the ability to move around or find what you need or you're just not comfortable with it. Going through some of the process that we're going to talk about today might help reduce some of that stress and some of that anxiety. Now, of course, that's not the only cause of stress and anxiety, but why not take control of the things that you can control, like the presentation of of the space in which you spend most of your time? Even if you work more than you're at home, even if you're out of your home, It's good to be able to come home to a place where you know that you're comfortable. Because when you don't have that, you have a lot of physical and emotional and and mental problems that can come out of just this idea of not having a comfortable place to relax in, to come home to, and to, to call your own. That's a source of a lot of mental issues. And uh, this is when you do have a place to live in and you do have the ability to control your environment, then it makes you feel a lot more comfortable and and, uh, reduces a lot of that stress and anxiety. Yeah. And so, I mean, there are what, two main issues when it comes to your living space and presenting your living space, right? That's what I think. I think there are two. I, I think it comes down to two big things when it comes to your living space. And there's the organization of it, and not just of the space, but everything surrounding your mental idea of what your home is. And then there's cleaning, right? So there's organization, there's organization, and there's cleaning. And they really are two different things, although they, they go hand in hand pretty often. Yeah, I mean, you can have a place that's like pretty clean and taken care of, but still have a lot of disorganizational clutter around and vice versa. I mean, you can have everything put away, but if you're not cleaning, then it's super gross because then you can really see it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't hide. Like, that's right. Yeah. If you've got no clutter, then you can see all the, like, the fact that you haven't vacuumed or mopped your floors. Right. Or washed the windows or cleaned up the bathroom. I mean, all of these things have to be done. Otherwise, you end up living in filth. And whether you're living in filth or you're living in just uh, an amazing amount of clutter, it can peel away at your sanity. So we're trying to avoid that. We're trying to put our listeners in a space where they are comfortable with themselves and they can, they don't have these mental obstacles and disorganization and, you know, the lack of cleanliness, I think create huge obstacles for living the kind of life that we should all be living. Right. So let's start with disorganization because that's probably my biggest issue is disorganization. Like one of the things that really helps push me to like clear up the clutter is when I know the cleaning lady is coming because I'm like, she can't clean if I've got stuff all over. And so that actually really helps. But I think disorganization we should tackle first. And so first of all, you want to figure out an organization system that works for you. So 
Harlan, what organization system do you use? (laughs) Well, I I probably do a lot of different things. I have recently started using clear plastic bins. I have one room that's really set aside for photography, for example. I have all these old cameras that I still use. You know, they're not antiques, and they're not on the wall just for display, but they're actual film cameras that I like to use, and I I have a lot of stuff that goes along with that. You know, I was getting to the point where I was having a lot of difficulty. It, right right now, there's a, there's a room for it, and it's just kind of all over the place. So I've been working on that. The system that's working for me right now are these clear plastic bins. You know, you don't have to put any labels on them because you can just look in them and see what's there. But everything is sort of organized, like the uh, the lens protectors that I'm not using go in one, and like all the things that I might need on a photo shoot are going in some others. I can just take them all out together instead of using these plastic bags and and trying to have everything in different types of... It was making it really difficult for me to go on shoots. So I just consolidated everything into cases for like the real electronic equipment, uh, protective cases, uh, Pelican cases, and then clear plastic bins for all the little accessories and things like that. So that's just my photography equipment now. And so I'm trying to take the same approach to my office and... You know, I've got a filing system that I haven't really been paying much attention to, so I'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later in the in the episode. But again, having a desk with cubbies or different places where you can just put everything and everything has its place. Like the one thing I like to say is is everything has a place and a and there's a place for everything. So Keeping that in mind, if, if that's your organizational philosophy, I think that's a good way to start. And then you can get into some other systems for, for organizing things, depending on what they are, whether it's, you know, a lot of people don't have DVD collections anymore, but, you know, having a system so you always know where to find that one DVD that you want, that you want to watch, you don't want to have to dig through boxes and boxes, you just go right to it and you know where it is. Yeah, I have shelves. <laughs> like, shelves, yeah. I love shelves. And I'm lucky because the house that I live in right now has a lot of um, build-ins. So a lot of the stuff is like built in to the space. And so like downstairs in our big great room, we have all of these shelves around that have built, been built in and then cabinets on the bottom. And so we're actually able to like stack our games, you know, put the few Blu-rays and DVDs that we do have. We have mostly a digital collection at this point. But um, yeah, and then my son also has shelves to display his built Lego things on. So, mm-hmm. but we, yeah, we like shelves because you could place things pretty easy and still see them. But I don't think it would work as well if we had a lot of small things like lens caps or, or whatever. And then I do have like a set of drawers where I throw all of the pencils and pens and everything that we're not using. So, I mean, we do have some of that drawer stuff, but I do have to look in them. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like this clear plastic bin idea <laughs> where where I don't have to and we did that in my son's room actually he has um those clear drawer things they're not really bins but the clear stackable drawer things and he just like has organized his small stuff in those and he can see them easier yeah for the bedroom too because we can talk about the bedroom uh Ooh. <laughs> there's uh you know i like having drawer organizers so you know i have these deep dresser drawers the default is to just kind of you know fold everything and put them in there but you can put spacers in and section these drawers off so that you can easily find what you need and things don't end up on the floor so much or at least a lot less 
Uh, so yeah, shelves and drawers, all of these things can help. And just look and see what works for you. You can build your own. You can go to Target or you can go to Home Depot or any other store where you can find organizational tools that are going to help you, you know, just find some way that makes your living space a little more organized. What happens when you're tight on space? So even though I live in a house now and it has 2,500 square feet, which is more than my son and I really need. And so it's really easy for us to like organize things and avoid clutter because I mean, we do, we have like, we have a whole room that's pretty much empty, <laughs> like <laughs> literally empty. We use it for our guest room. All I've done is put in like a premier air mattress. But I do remember living when I was like, when it was tight on space and, you know, we were getting like special weird cabinet organizer things to like stick above the toilet in the bathroom and, right. you know, and trying to find ways to like cram rows of shelves and organizers into like a small closet under the stairs in the apartment and just stuff like that. So what are things you can do if you're actually like tight on space? How do you manage that? Well, I, you had some good suggestions right there, I think. There's really two ways to go about this, right? There's the get rid of stuff route, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. It's important to take stock and take inventory once in a while. And I do this probably once a year with my clothes. I probably go through clothes too quickly compared to other people, except for t-shirts, because I have tons of t-shirts. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you, you want to go through and eliminate stuff, and we'll talk about some specific ways to do that a little bit later in the episode. But also, using your space efficiently, I think, I think is really key to making the most out of limited space. I mean, uh, you know, I lived, I've lived in some pretty small apartments or I've shared apartments with other people where my space is very small. And I know that in those times, you know, I had stuff stored elsewhere, you know, things I didn't necessarily need on a day to day basis that might be in storage or might be at, you know, a relative's house because they did have room. But taking a look at organizing any kind of storage space you might have like an attic or a basement or extra closet space. And then using vertical space really well uh, helps you maximize what space you have. Because we, when we talk about square feet, we talk about a floor plan. We talk about how much space we have on the floor. But you look at your ceilings and you've got, you know, 10, 12, 15 feet. Depending or only on, seven. Or only seven. Okay. Well, that's, but it's still good. That's really... That's it is. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I've lived in apartments with like seven or eight foot ceilings. Yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah. Using that space, I mean, there's so much volume there that we don't think about because we think about a 600 square foot apartment or whatever it is. But you've got vertical space to use. So again, those shelves or more bookcases and different types of, you know, I see these things in Target all the time. And they're perfect for small apartments because it gives you so many compartments for, for just putting things things in and using your vertical space and you can pile them on top of each other. And then you can, you know, there's, there's so much that you can do to use that vertical space. And if you're short like me, then you have to find a way to just get a step stool or something like that, because, you know, you need to use that vertical space. The point that you make about storing it elsewhere is really important as well. Uh, it's something though, that you do have to kind of weigh because it 
can cost money. Uh, I remember the sad, sad day when my parents finally told me that I had to get all um, the rest of my crap out of the attic. <laughs> and, and, you know, had to bring like the last of my boxes out of my parents' house <laughs> and take responsibility for them. In the last apartment I lived in, we did end up paying $60 a month for a storage unit that was in the building. So that was nice because it was right there in the building and it was worth the $60 a month to us. But, you know, you may have to pay more depending on how big your storage unit is and you may have to travel to it, which can cut down on its usefulness. Another thing when it comes to organizing your apartment is, and this is something that I've always struggled with. There used to be a time in my life when I would look at those things with which I struggled and I said, I really need to, you know, work on this part of my life. I need to get better at this because, well, people were telling me I needed to get better at that. And I had to listen to them because I was working for them. And they're like, you need to be better at this. I said, okay, well, if I want to continue in this job, I better be better at this. So uh, time management. All right. That is a big part of organization as well. And it may not feel like it because that's, you know, we're talking about time and here we're talking about space and how to organize your space. But if you take a look at the way you organize your time, you're going to feel less stressed and then feel better about what you're able to do with your organization in your home as well. Uh, so yes, you can organize your time and set aside time for organizing your home. But once you take this more organized approach to your life, it's just going to be so much easier to organize your home. If you start using a calendar or using a planner to manage your day-to-day, whatever it is that you do, you're going to find it a lot easier to organize the space that's around you. So, you know, time management is something that I've always struggled with. And, you know, like I said, I was told that I needed to get better at it. So I kind of made it a priority. But once I was kind of working for myself, I knew that I knew two things. First, I had to at least get myself up to self-management, maybe not being great at managing my time, but at least getting to a baseline of at least being able to do it when I need to. I'd rather focus on my strengths than focus on you know those things that I know I'm just never going to be great at. So that's the way it is. I'm, I'm a lot more organized with my time now. I've got a lot of Google calendars, which really, really helped. You know, I, I've tried paper planners, which I like, which I think are cool. But it's really the Google calendars that are making things work for me. So I have uh, I have my life compartmentalized because I have a lot of things going on. And I just use Google calendars for that. And I find that that approach has allowed me to really start to see the benefit of having an organized mind. And I've started to allow that to spill over into the way the way I'm organizing my living space. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same place. I'm kind of working on it. My problem is, is I've backslid the last two years. I used to be really great at time management. And now I'm not as good at time management. But I'm working on getting back into it and um, making it work for me in a positive way. But yeah, like you, I've, you know, got the calendars going and and trying to get them all coordinated and put into one place is really important. I, I mean, you've been there too, where part of it too is, is we have an assistant, right, to help us with adulting and scheduling things for us. And sometimes we have forgotten to put things in our calendars and then something will be scheduled <laughs> and we'll be like, well, we can't do this because this other thing came up. And so getting in the habit of putting everything in the calendar has really kind of helped me. And I've even started putting in 
Blocking out time specifically aimed at writing or specifically aimed at exercising uh, so that I can look at that and say, okay, this is in my schedule. And it's also blocking things out so that people cannot make appointments with me on Calendly during that time so that the assistant knows that that time is blocked out so that I can work on these other issues. So part of being organized, I think, with your life and uh, with your time is you know, looking at that and saying, okay, you know, what am I going to say no to? And how can I get rid of some of these things in my life? One thing that will also help is uh, that there are people who really love organizing things, and they'll do it for other people as well. And maybe you have a friend who's just really passionate about being organized, wants the world to be organized, wants you to be organized. Uh, they can come over and give you suggestions or even help you as you go through and organize. I know a lot of people who have been helped by professional organizers, whether it's a friend or whether it's, you know, someone you find and you pay and try to find a friend, save some money who's just really good at it. <laughs> But sometimes it's that initial, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to start. So someone's going to come in and, and help you. And, and physically, I mean, listening to this episode should be some help too. But actually, we can't go into your home and do this for you. I don't know. If they paid me and paid for my travel, I'd probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd have to find some time on my calendar if you wanted to. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Having someone come in and help you make that first step is really valuable. And it, it's usually not the same person who's who's going to come in and clean your apartment for you. Because, you know, like we said, well, we talked about organization as being the first main issue when it comes to making your living space livable and presentable. And the other part is cleanliness. And then that's that's usually two different skill sets, really. Right. So let's talk about that cleanliness issue. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do now, the idea can be really daunting, especially if you've let it go a bit. I mean, I know that – and the nice thing about living where I do is everything's cheaper. But before I finally sucked it up and, like, got somebody to come clean the house, you know, I'd be looking around and I I would go, like, four, five, six weeks without vacuuming. I'm busy. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'd be just really anxious about how everything looked. And looking at it – and when, once it piles up and you get to that point, you're like, my gosh – there is so much to do with this house and cleaning this house that I just don't want to. And you kind of get that paralysis going when you are at this point. And so trying to do this deep clean or even, you know, get started can be very overwhelming if you look at the whole living space, your whole apartment or your whole house as like one big thing that needs to be clean. It can be a huge, it just feels like a huge task that is insurmountable and you yeah, I mean, you just don't want to do it. Yeah, I remember after college, this is going to be a little metaphorical, but after I moved home after college, which was like six months after I graduated, something like that, I was working in Delaware where I'd gone to college. Then I ended up getting a job in New Jersey. I moved back to my home state of New Jersey. I went to the dentist for the first time in like four years because I had never gone while I was in college for some reason. I didn't have parents there telling me, oh, it's time to take you to the dentist. So it wasn't something that I thought about. So you go to the dentist for the first time in a long time, and no matter how well you brushed and flossed, there's going to be some deep cleaning that's necessary. So that's really the first step here. And then from there, it's just maintenance. So you get through the worst of it, and as long as you keep up, you don't have to deal with it. It's, it's not really as bad. So you want to get to the point where it's not as bad. 
Yeah. And one way you can do it to make it a little less overwhelming is there are two approaches. The first approach is to clear your schedule for one day and just say, this is the day. And then you just go for it and do it all and get it done. The other approach is to tackle one area at a time. So rather than trying to deep clean everything all at once, pick one room, and get that all done, and then move on to the next, either after you've had a rest or doing something else or even the next day. So trying to tackle it and make it into smaller tasks can actually help you get to that point. And actually, I got to the point just before I did hire somebody where I was breaking it up into, you know, one day of the week I did bathrooms and one day I did the vacuuming and then a different day I did the dusting and the other day I did the kitchen. You know, it wasn't super fun to like be cleaning four days a week. But at the same time, I had a set day for each of these tasks. And it at least helped me. And you know, it was only half an hour of my time each day rather than like trying to psych myself into like spending a whole day cleaning the whole house. Yeah, I am acutely aware of the fact that a lot of people are working at least one job, maybe more than two even, and the thought of coming home for the four hours that you might have before your next shift or whatever it happens to be, the idea of of spending that time cleaning instead of sleeping or napping can just be crazy. So you really got to break it into little pieces sometimes. And the pieces can be 15 minutes. Maybe you just spend 15 minutes in one room just for the first day or maybe, maybe even the first week. And it's just a process of getting it started and getting it on your calendar, seeing the results, feeling good about the results, and then repeating. Breaking it down, you can break it down into tiny, tiny tasks if that's what it takes to just get started and then gradually move up from there. Yeah. And then the next thing is, is, you know, our answer to everything that we hate doing, which is to hire someone else to do it. Eventually, if you get to that point where you have the resources and not everybody does, and for a very long time, I certainly did not have the resources to hire somebody to come in. I actually do it. I hire somebody to come in once a week, but I know people who hire somebody to come in like twice a month or even just once a month. And the idea is to make sure that it's being cleaned on a regular basis by a professional who knows how to do it uh, efficiently. And so, you know, when you get to that point, uh, really thinking about it, and, and one of the things I realized once I started having somebody come in and clean, well, first of all, it prompted me to make sure all the clutter was cleaned up on a regular basis because as Harlan pointed out, the person who organizes your stuff is not the same person that cleans your house. And if it's been a weird week and something is out like in my son's room or out in the kitchen or wherever it is, you know, I have an awesome cleaning person and she just piles it all up and puts it in one pile (laughs) and puts it off to the side. And, you know, I deserve that because I didn't put it all where it belongs. And then I can take it all out of the pile and put it where it belongs. But I really do try and use it as a way to clean stuff up. But one thing I did notice is that the time that I save, I can either use to do work and earn money um, and earn more money than I'm actually paying the cleaning person, or I can use it instead of spending the weekend with my son where we work together and clean the house and it's not fun for either of us. I can now do something fun with my son and we can make happy memories <laughs> instead of sad memories. 
Yeah, I think it comes down to making the most of whatever you have. If if you have the resources to outsource this task that can be not fun for you and your family, then then absolutely go ahead and do it. And it can be worthwhile, even if you don't spend those hours earning money to pay for the hours that your cleaning team is there. It's all about making the most of what you have. If you cannot afford that, or if you just don't see a reason to pay for it because you know it's something that you can do and you can do it okay and satisfactorily at least, then yeah, I mean, make it a fun activity with your kids if you want. I mean, there's there's no reason that you can't do that. You know, it's not as enriching, um, although it can be if you probably it's it's a good skill to teach your kids but you know you may want to take them to a museum instead or a ball game or or really anything else it's variety is good so yeah have your kids clean once in a while but also if you have the resources take the time and hire somebody and outsource it and and do some other things too now we've talked about you know the two main issues here are organization and cleanliness but there is a key to help you maintain both organization and cleanliness in your life and that is to reduce what you actually have Yes, it would be a good idea to reduce. Uh, But before we get into reduce, I I just want to give listeners like a specific idea of a way they can organize this breaking things down into pieces. So it's a little more manageable when they are going to maintain between visits from cleaning service, or whether they're going to do it on their own. So it's not overwhelming. I mean, we talked about breaking it up, but I like the idea of doing maybe 15 minutes rooms in a specific order, because the order could be um, important when people come to visit. Right, yes. Uh, So I like focusing on the kitchen. Even though the kitchen might not be seen, the kitchen is a place where you want to make sure that there's some organization, because you... You know, uh, unless you order food every day. I mean, this is this is obviously something that's going to be individual based on how you work your life. But for me, the kitchen would be the first place to go and the bathroom, the second place to go. Uh, the living space, like living room or family room, wherever you might entertain would be uh, would be prioritized. And then bedroom, since that's the most private, you can probably put that off a little bit and then work on that when you get a chance. But having the idea in mind that what is someone going to see when they come over? What what are they going to need to access? And what's going to make them the most comfortable, I think is a good way to go about it. Yeah, definitely. And some of the places that you can actually clean up really quickly and easily and make everything look nice. Some problem areas are actually like the TV and the entertainment center, those things show up dust really well. And so even if you don't dust like all of your shelves, like if somebody's coming over real quick, clearing off the clutter on some of those open countertops, you know, take it, move it back into that private bedroom area. I have a catch-all drawer. So if I don't know where something goes, I like shove it in this drawer. (laughs) It's like, anyway... But yeah, they're just kind of run a dust cloth over those spaces that really show up the dust really well, gather up things to make clear, clean countertop spaces, and just sort of get those out of the way. And then uh, your home looks instantly put together, even if it isn't. <laughs> See, we're not going to take that camera around and point it in the other direction, because otherwise you would see <laughs> a collection of audio cassette tapes and video cassette tapes, VHS tapes. It's really quite uh, amazing, honestly. That I've had for, for many years that I haven't thrown away yet because these are rare. You know, this is, these are important. And of course, I've never listened to them in, you know, decades because or watched them in decades because they're on VHS or audio cassettes. And it's, you know... 
It's, <laughs> but they're here, and it's a little bit of clutter right there, right in front of my entertainment center with the TV and everything, and it's really kind of annoying me. And now that we're talking about this, I'm thinking about what am I going to do about it? Uh, move it all back into the camera room. <laughs> yeah, put it in the camera room for now. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Know. So, so yeah, so let's talk about reducing. Let's talk about the things you can do to kind of declutter your home and your life so that it does make it easier to stay organized and stay clean. Well, we need to take an inventory. I know when I moved into my last apartment, well, two apartments ago, I guess, the one that was flooded out. When I moved into that apartment, I got new insurance at that point, new renter's insurance. And one thing I wanted to do was create an inventory, figure out what it is that I had in case there was ever any damage. And guess what? There was. So it worked out in the end. So taking an inventory and just figuring out what it is that you have really gives you a chance to think about everything and see if there's anything that you can eliminate. Perhaps it's old collectibles that you don't need to have around anymore, or just old technology that you can recycle, or clothing that you can donate or sell, or just look around and figure out what is all this stuff that you have and how can you get rid of it and what is it that you need? And part of it too is not just, you know, what you need, but like what are you actively doing with it and what is it bringing into your life? And when you, you know, there was that book and I can't remember what it was called, but she talks about like holding things and seeing if they give you joy. I'm not sure you need to go that far, but really just kind of look around and be like, okay, what is this for? And is it really helping me or enhancing my life in any way? And by enhancing your life, I don't mean like, well, is it going to be useful? I mean, is it beautiful to look at? Because we do need to have beautiful things in our lives to look at or to feel, or is it sentimental? Does it really give you a warm, fuzzy feeling or a good memory? I mean, there are some things that you keep just to keep, but be really honest about it and really look at it and say, okay, what am I doing with this? And is it really enhancing my life in any way? And if it's not, then you know, sell it or give it away or recycle it or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of people out there who you hear giving advice because it's the internet and everybody wants to give advice. They are telling you that you need to eliminate everything in your life, go completely anti-materialistic, go completely minimalism, and just live a life of uh, just, uh, you know, no material things. And, and people even tell people, don't spend your money on material things, because you don't really derive any joy from that, although people do, and it's nice to have nice things, and it's fine if that's the way you want to live your life. And we're not going to judge. At least I'm not going to judge. <laughs> oh, I'm know, not going to judge. <laughs> we're, we're not going to judge if you like to have things. But there should be, if the things are causing problems and causing stress, and you're unable to deal with it, then you need to look into solutions. And we're talking about solutions today. We're talking about organizing, we're talking about cleaning, and we're talking about getting rid of things. So something... You can do something to make uh, whatever it is that you're living around more um, – it, it'll give you that joy if you take one of these approaches to it, if, you, if you're really struggling with it. Yeah, and, and one of the things I do like to do is I'm not really a huge things person. I like a few nice things. I like a few beautiful things around me, but I'm not a huge things person. But when I do get something – 
you know, if I, if I do decide to bring something into my home or if somebody gives me something that I like, I really, I really look around and in a lot of ways I'm like, well, what can I get rid of mm. as a way to keep from piling stuff up? Because it really was in a lot of ways when I made two cross country moves recently, I got rid of stuff. I mean, we got rid of 75% of our stuff. Wow. When we moved from Utah to Pennsylvania. That's amazing. Yeah. And then I left about half of the stuff behind when I moved from Pennsylvania to Idaho. Mm. So we got rid of so much stuff. And now just because we had to. We were moving from a house into an apartment. We were moving across the country. Everything wasn't going to fit economically into the truck. And so, uh, you know, we were kind of forced into it. And it really made me stop and think about what I had. And now when I get things, I stop and think about, do I want to bring this into my home? And if I do want to bring this into my home, is there something else that I want to put out of my home. Because like you said, everything in a place, right? Does it have a place? And so if there's this beautiful thing that I want to display in my home, I'm going to have to take something else down to make room for it. And it's not even display yeah. things. It's Right. You know, well, it's just whatever it is, right? I really like this shirt. I'm going to buy this shirt. Okay. What shirt am I going to get rid of that that's replacing? And that way, that way you can, um, you know, and then you can sell that shirt or you can donate it, whatever works for you. But that way you're not – the net gain is zero here and you don't have to worry so much about right. how you're going to deal with it. Yeah. And if you want the stuff and if you want more stuff and you can make room for more stuff, that's cool. Once yeah. again, no judgment. But really think about it. You know, If you are looking around and saying, oh my gosh, I've got all the, the stuff and it is starting to stress me out, then yeah, it's time to – Take a new approach. And then while we're talking about decluttering, you did earlier meld us into space and time a little bit. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's finish out by talking just a little bit about decluttering your time. Okay. <laughs> decluttering all the things in your life that are kind of stressing you out. Well, I think um, being clear on how you want to spend your time is really important. And I'm lucky that I get to choose a lot of that. I don't necessarily have to do anything that I'm doing, which, you know, that's a, a reminder for everybody I'm working with is I don't have to do this. Um, <laughs> oh, no, we're all on notice. <laughs> everybody's on notice right everyone's now. Everyone's on notice. Everybody is on notice. I do not have to. Okay, but But anyway, the point is you can figure out those things that are important to you and then make time for those things that are important to you. And I liked drawing a life map, which I did two years ago now and really is in need of a revision. But look at those things that are important to you and then set aside time for those things. And I know I like saying yes to people who ask for help in various things in my life. And I'm, I'm always one to jump in and help somebody if they ask for it. But in other areas, say no to things so that you can focus on those things that are really uh, aligned with your values, your goals, and how you want to spend your time. Yeah, and that's really good advice that someday maybe I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> but earlier this year, actually, I did kind of a thing where I did look at, okay, how am I spending my time? What are all of these expectations being placed on me? And in the end, it ended me cutting out my involvement in one of the or community organizations I was involved in. I was heavily involved in the local chamber of commerce. And uh, between ribbon cuttings and this meeting and that meeting and all of this stuff, I realized, you know, it was taking up a lot of my time, but I wasn't getting anything out of it. And by that, I mean, there wasn't a lot of fulfillment happening from the work. And I realized that every time I saw a notification pop up for this lunch, or this ribbon cutting, I just 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> and if that's the way you feel about something, you shouldn't be doing it. Exactly. So I did. I just finally had to say, you know, I'm sorry, but I can't do this. And I said no, and it it cleared up a lot of space in my life, and also in my head, it cleared up a lot of headspace for me. And you know, I've had other situations like that this year, where you know I've looked at it, and there are some people in your life you can't get rid of, but there are other people that you can. <laughs> and so, you know, you just kind of have to say, well, uh, what kind of headspace is this taking up, and uh, what kind of stress is it putting on me, and uh, what are some of the effects of that? And you know, I'm hoping that the health effects <laughs> start taking place because it has been a wild and crazy year. So let's talk about some of our do nows. Let's. <laughs> First of all, let's start by looking at your living space. What do you wish were different? Kind of pick one area to focus on first and, you know, look at it and say, well, what is, what do I want to be different about this one space? When I moved into this apartment, out of my one bedroom apartment into this bigger apartment, I knew I ha- I'd have a bedroom set aside for an office. I had a tiny desk in there, uh, which my computer was on, my desktop computer, and I just couldn't. I it, it was too much, and I and I knew that I had to work on this. I finally got the opportunity to redo my office. I have a nice new desk in there. That was the you know the singular focus I had for some time, just to get that office ready to go. And it's a lot better now. I still have a little bit more to go, but it's a place where I can feel comfortable working now, and that that is so important for an office. But that's just one example of how how you can pick one room or one area and just work on that until you have the comfort and you're not stressed out thinking that you have to go into that room uh, or you're not avoiding that room. You're going in there and you're being, you know, if it's an office, for example, you want to be productive when you're in there. So now I can do that. I can sit down at the desk and I've got paper that I need. I've got normally the microphones in there if I'm recording a podcast and it's, it's, uh, it's perfect. I'm, I'm really happy with it and it's only going to get better. Nice. Yeah. And so kind of along with that, the second thing is to clean up that one area. So identify the living space, figure out all the things that are wrong with it, and then clean it up or, you know, focus on that spot and make it into the place that you want it to be. Absolutely. And then I think another key is figuring out the things that you are going to eliminate and putting a plan together to just get rid of them in a way that works for you. Years ago, I sold things on eBay, but I found that for me, that was taking too much time and too much effort and really wasn't, you know, and then I had to ship things and it was just a pain. And so you really have two options. You can have someone help you do it, which uh, which I could have because I, I had people who are offering to help me but for me, I think the easiest thing to do is put everything in a box and take it to Goodwill and say, here you go. Or if it's books, put them in a box, take them to the library and say, here you go. Uh, that, that's really what works for me. Yeah, same here. And, you know, that infamous time that we took 75% of our stuff and got rid of it, what we did was we went through and we said, okay, which are the big ticket items, right? So the 55-gallon fish tank. 
with the fishes, the piano, the very nice uh, rattan chair, the love seat with the double recliner, those kind of big ticket items we sold. You know, they were bigger. We knew we were going to get some money for them, and we did, and got rid of them that way. But the smaller things, the clothes, the books, the extra pots and pans, the weird little doodads <laughs> we had everywhere, my son's old toys that he never played with, and those things we gave away. And so some of the things like the old toys, I went to my siblings and said, hey, do you want any of these old toys for your children? You know, for the books, I just let my neighborhood know that I was getting rid of most of my books and converting my life to the Kindle. And my neighborhood just was, I had a thousand, over a thousand books at the time. So my neighbors just came in and were in heaven and took whatever they wanted. But everything else then that was left, we took to the thrift store and got a tax deduction because we itemized, but that's another episode. So really look at that clutter and figure out what you can do with it and prioritize it in terms of what is really worth trying to sell? What is, you know, just we're going to get rid of? What are we going to just give away? Yeah. And just don't just think about it, but write it down, make a list and mark things off because that's, that's, that's how things happen. When you write it down, things happen. So we have a listener question. My parents are always griping about my sloppy place. Do I really need to clean it up or will people just like me for who I am? And I love this question because we like to think, well, I'm just a messy person. It's just who I am. So I am who I am, and you should like me for who I am. And there's that's that's fine. It's fine to think that. I don't think messy is a core personality trait. I think it's just you know a matter of what kind of importance you place on it. I mean, I don't think who you are has anything to do with whether you're whether you're sloppy or whether you're not. But that what do you yeah. think? Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, they may like you for who you are, but they may never want to come over to your place. So, <laughs> so that's fine. They may love you and, and want to be with you and hang out with you, but they will not want to hang out at your place. So if you want to make your place the kind of place where people want to come and hang out and feel comfortable, then clean it up. Uh, whether or not you, you know, if, if you want to be sloppy and be messy, keep it in your room. <laughs> that's just kind of my take on it is, yeah, people are going to love you. They're wanting, want to spend time with you and that's great, but they're not going to want to do it at your house. And if you're cool with going to other people's houses or going out to eat or or doing, you know, going other places to be with people, then that's fine and you don't have to worry about it. But if you want your place to be the social center of your world, then you probably need to suck it up and, you know, <laughs> do the thing, clean it up. So what are your organization tips? How does it work for you? What makes you feel good about your living space? Let us know on our adulting community on Facebook, hashtag adulting. Uh, or if you have any other questions, you can come to our website and ask us or uh, at adulting.tv slash ask, or you can also do that on Facebook. And you can subscribe to this podcast at uh, adulting.tv. And if you have Apple Podcasts, you can go to adulting.tv slash iTunes and get a link immediately. And uh, what else? That's pretty much it. We are also available on Google Play and Stitcher. And uh, we have plenty of videos on our YouTube channel that you can access through the adulting website. And then we also have plenty of articles and other resources on the website to help you remember to behave like a grown up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. 
find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Thank you.